I'm Jessica. And I'm Allison. And welcome to the very first episode of More Than Books Library on the Go Edition podcast. As you may know, on September 26th through October 3rd, it's Banned Books Week. During this week, we celebrate those books and authors who have been banned by schools, parents, or action groups. Authors like Dr. Seuss, who had his book The Lorax Banned because it made the forestry industry look bad. Or like The Diary of Anne Frank, which was banned because it was a real downer. During this podcast, we'll be talking about censorship, banned books and authors, and we will focus on one author in particular. Every year, our Bellevue University Library picks an author to be our banned books author of the year. This year, we have given this honor to an author who is not only world-renowned, but who recently released a three-part Netflix series, R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein is most well-known as the author of the Goosebumps series, the Fear Street books, and the Ghost of Fear Street series. Known as Robert Lawrence Stein, the author was born in Columbus, Ohio in 1943. But before he became the author and master of horror that we know him today, he used to write humor books under the name Jovial Bob Stein. He is considered one of the best-selling children's authors in history, and he holds the Guinness Book of World Records as the most prolific author of children's horror fiction novels. In the early 1990s, he was catapulted to fame when he first launched his Goosebump series, which has sold more than 250 million copies, while his Sphere Street series has sold over 80 million copies. He has written over 300 books, sold more than 400 million copies. Now teen-oriented Fear Street series has inspired a Netflix film trilogy known as Fear Street, 1994, 1978, and 1666. Now, the interesting thing that I would say about Stein's books is he has stated that there are certain real-life things that you will never find in his books, items such as divorce, drugs, or child abuse. He stated that this was because that's the kind of reality that ruins a story. Stein argues that there are some things in the real world that are horrible, that kids might actually come across in their own lives. And sometimes books are the only way to escape those horrible things, just for a little while. Stein has argued that because of this, no matter what, every book he writes will have a happy ending, with good beating evil. He stated that he wanted his books to be an escape, to be fun. While critics have stated that Stein's books address some serious issues such as trauma, grief, loneliness, and male rage, to name a few, yet according to the author, the only message he says is in his books is, run. In his mind, adults have books that they can read for fun. Why can't kids have that too? Why does it need to have a message? This leads us to our very next topic on the banning of R.L. Stein's books and authority figures imprinting their own ideas and feelings on the books and others like them. Stein has been writing books for over 30 years. In fact, his Goosebumps series turns 29 this year. And because Stein had been writing books for so long, he is no stranger to censorship. In fact, his Goosebumps series has made the list 100 most frequently challenged books for over the last few decades. Now, Stein's books have been challenged for a number of different reasons, including being too scary for the age group, dealing with complex issues teenagers confront, which, why face those in a book? You know they're never actually going to happen. Hmm. Dealing with graphic content, references to the occult and Satanism, promoting mischief, which is almost as good as hooliganism, (laughs) descriptions of murder, 
and descriptions of children disappearing from birthday parties. Hmm. Now, these reasons lead to my next question. Did they ban his books because they did not feel children would be able to decide if they could handle the scare factor of the books? Or because they were too busy putting their own interpretations on material that they have not read? Let's tackle the first, the children deciding whether they can handle it or not. Now, at this point, I have to say that I love Stein's books. I fell in love with the, his Ghost of Fear Street books when I was in about the fifth grade. I have read everything of his that I could get my hands on, and I credit him for turning me into a prolific reader, but also for launching my love of adult horror novels such as Dracula and Stephen King. However, my sister, who is two years older than me, she and I have very different literary passions. She does not like horror. So she knows that she would not be able to handle Stein's novels when we were younger, so she chose not to read them. This shows that kids have the capacity to make decisions for themselves on what they like and don't like, which shows that when you talk to children and give them the confidence and knowledge about not only themselves, but also it gives them the openings to, for discussions, which it will lead them to becoming more well-rounded people. Why close doors on them when you can open the world to them? Besides, in my opinion, when you ban something, it just makes them want to read it more. Why make them do it in secret? It just makes it so that you are not there to answer the questions or help them understand confusions. And in a way, it makes reading a very taboo thing, like something you need to do in secret or in the dark so that no one knows. It can be argued that giving readers the opportunity to learn from difficult situations in literature can give them the knowledge to handle experiences in real life. Children usually fall into two categories, those who fear nothing and those who fear everything. Books like Stein help teach caution and the ability to think things through while teaching others that the real world isn't actually as scary as you think it is. What do you think, Allison? I think that I grew up loving the Ghostbooks books too. I liked stuff that was just kind of scary without going too scary. That perfect sweet spot of it got your blood pumping, but everything always turns out all right in the end. Mm -hmm. you, you got to see your, your characters develop, you got to see them put in dangerous situations, but they always make it through and it kind of gives you hope. And it, it, I always felt like it taught good lessons, but I still kind of got a thrill out of it. And when it comes to, in all honesty, when it comes to banning books, usually, especially when I was younger, I'm like, okay, someone's mad about this book. Why? I gotta read this. I gotta check this out. Yeah, to this day, if we go down the, the banned books list, I have to find out why. why. Why would you think this? Why would, what made this need to be banned? Or what made you think it needed to be banned? Mm -hmm. how, how bad could it be? What's, what's the story here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It leads us into the next thing we need to focus on, and that's people censoring items for reasons that they're putting their own interpretation on the material, even though they have never read it. <laughs> Let's look at the Goosebumps book, Say Cheese and Die. This book was banned because it has a scene that tells of a child disappearing from a birthday party. Now, everyone, if you haven't read this book, would assume that this is a depiction of a child being kidnapped from a birthday party. However, it is, in fact, a description of a child literally disappearing. Think Marty McFly in Back to the Future. But because the people who wanted to ban this book from schools and libraries never read this book, they took a misinterpretation of it. And it's an interesting fact, because with a lot of banned books, they're being banned for items that 
are taken literally. They're bits and pieces of the plot that are taken out of context and judged for themselves. But how can you ban a book that you've never read? That's like saying, ice cream's disgusting. Eating ice cream is disgusting. I've never eaten ice cream, so therefore it's disgusting. And all of us who in fact have eaten ice cream are like, that's crazy. Right. If you're going to dislike something or ban something, you should at least try it first to know if it's actually as bad as you think it is. Exactly. We, we look back at stuff that have been banned years ago that people are still arguing about today. You've got To Kill a Mockingbird, Huck Finn, millions of others. Like we stated before, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and you're sitting there wondering, these are books are either putting forward very important topics that need to be discussed, including segregation and a whole bunch of different in-depth that topics that affect all of us. And you have to wonder, okay, are you trying to ban it because you feel your children are not old enough to know that segregation existed and how people were treated? Or is it just a topic you want to forget that it ever happened? Putting your head in the sand does not work. Yes. And your kid's going to need to know about this eventually. You might as well be the one to explain to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that Stephen King said it best when he, he was asked what parents deciding what their kids can and cannot read, how he felt about it. And he stated that his mother never actually banned him from reading something because she wanted to keep his mind open. Mm-hmm. She told him what she thought about books and why she thought they were, as she said, trash or not. And he stated that this helped him to not only make his own decisions about them, but it also allowed him to love the trash literature while also broadening his horizons to the stuff that was not trash, the important stuff, the really, really well-written stuff. There are many examples of books, movies, TV shows, music being censored by groups of people who have never stopped to read, watch, or listen to it before they tried to ban it. Think of Nancy Reagan and rock music. (laughs) They made assumptions about it and ran. Despite the inaccuracies of these assumptions, they still fought to get them removed. What is the point? In the case of like Nancy Reagan, when she tried to put labels on rock and roll music because it was leading our youth to Satan or into bad ends, despite having the lead singer from Twisted Sister show up and explain to them what the song actually means. It's not Satanism. It's not evil. It's expressing themselves about current topics that are currently going on she still felt that her idea was correct and that it was just all bad. Which kind of makes you wonder exactly where her brain lived, but hey. (laughs) It makes you wonder how you can get to such a point that you're not willing to allow anyone to discuss these topics, either because they disagree with you, you don't understand them, they paint a picture of a time in the past that wasn't the best, But like they say, if we don't know what happened back then, we are doomed to repeat it. And it could cause major problems. Yeah, it's a lot of it comes down to fear. They're they're afraid of what they see, so they try to ignore it or make it go away. And there's not necessarily anything to be afraid of. And you shouldn't be afraid of just information in general. That's the whole point of why libraries try and get information out to everybody. They can figure out what is and isn't true. They can make up their own minds on different topics. 
it's important not to just shove it away in a corner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Literacy is all about communication and opening doors to a child's imagination, to new thoughts and experiences. It has been argued that the generation that grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s is one of the most diverse and open-minded generations there are, and has been up to this point. Kids who grew up reading Goosebumps and Harry Potter tend to be more open-minded to ideas, differences, and conversations. They are a generation that will read anything in order to discuss these ideas, challenges, perspectives, and situations. If a book helps a child love to read and experience things in a safe environment so that they will not be surprised by similar situations in real life, why would you take that away from them? Books can change lives. In my case, R.L. Stein's books changed me from a dyslexic fifth grader who hated reading because it was hard into a dyslexic who couldn't stop reading. It's about finding something you love to read. Reading opens doors to new worlds, thoughts, ideas, and concepts. Banning books is a way for people to close kids off from these new concepts, thereby stopping them from developing their own ideas and passions. R.L. Stein is an advocate for banned books. He said, it is a badge of honor to have people try and ban your books from schools and school libraries, only because it means your books have become popular and are being noticed. Unpopular books are seldom banned or remembered. Arguing, is there any point in banning books today? Really, it just makes people want to read them more. Banning a book today just brings it to the forefront of the conversation. It makes it so that people are talking about it and why it is important. Remember, life is too short to ban books. Life is about moving forward, not back. We would like to thank everybody for joining us today. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Remember, the library's next Library on the Go event will be on September 24th. Our topics are banned books and cooking. Please come join us on the third floor of the Educational Services Building. Nice to talk to you guys. Bye. Bye.